Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. It is March 3rd, and this is Michael Vandervoort. And so our first uh, drive-through HR episode of March is uh, about to get started. Robin, who normally joins me as my co-host, Robin Schooling, is uh, is dealing with real-life job requirements instead of uh, instead of doing drive-through HR today. So you know, I guess we can all give her a little nod of. Uh, of sympathy that she has to work rather than be here to talk to our uh, our entertaining guest. So I'm going to jump right into the show with our guest today, who is uh, Adrian Gostick. Adrian, welcome to Drive Through HR. How are you doing today? Hey, great. Thanks, Michael, for having me. I'm glad to have you here. Um, kind of a big day for you. I'll, I'll let you get into that here in just a second. Um, yeah, we uh, we're glad to have this opportunity to to speak with you. You're an author and um, and do do some work in the, in leadership. So what for the for the the benefit of those folks who may be listening now and uh, a lot of our a lot of our shows get downloaded later on. Introduce yourself. Tell our listeners who you are, what you do, and what you have going on today. Well, thanks. Um, We've been, my co-author, Chester Elton, and I, we've worked in the HR field for the past 20 years. We've surveyed now more than a million employees and writing some of our books. Uh, some of your listeners may know us from The Carrot Principle, which we wrote about 10 years ago now. Uh, we've written books including All In on Culture. And today, March 3rd, is launch day with HarperCollins. We're just putting out a new book called Leading with Gratitude, and we're really excited about the, the book. Uh, we've interviewed a lot of uh, CEOs, uh, really successful people, and boy, with everything that's going on in the world right now, we just feel like it's a time where when things get tough, that's when we need as HR people, as leaders, to be a, a lot more grateful to those who work for us. Hmm. So... Yes, yeah, so that is, you know, there, there's a, with all the, we, we had a show last week, um, not to, to go on an immediate tangent, but we had a show last week where we talked about HR activism and how HR people could, you know, stand up for, you know, the, the, the rights of employees to, you know, kind of share their ideas and stuff in the workplace. And it was, a, it was an interesting dialogue, but it, it was more about like HR sort of as a, as a being a slightly a confrontational agent of change. And I think your, your topic is almost, or your book topic is almost exactly the, the, the opposite of that. So can you kind of start, I guess, by talking about the, the book and, um, yeah. what what your main kind of your high level observations are and then maybe we can drill down into some of the more specific stuff. Right. And especially as we go through tough times, what we found is that leaders withhold their gratitude. You know, I want to put pressure on my people. They're, you know, things are tough. I can't I can't be thanking people all the time because, you know, things are tough. Businesses is, you know, we've got to hunker down. And we end up alienating the people who work for us. We end up uh, you know, we end up alienating ourselves, creating an us versus them culture. And so really this is a culture-building book. It's a book about how to lead. We began this process with our good friend Marshall Goldsmith, who, who wrote the book, uh, What Got You There, well, you know, Won't Get You Here. Uh, what mm-hmm. Got You Here, Won't Get You There. There we go. And uh, Marshall and Chester and I, we were sitting around in New York one day, and we were, we were talking about all the executives that we've, we've uh, coached over the years. And pretty much to a person, they kind of suck at gratitude. They, that's the reason that they're being coached. 
is that they're good leaders. They're just on the people's side. They're just not able to connect with people. And that's really where we began. And so we asked ourselves, why, after everything that's been written on, on recognizing our people and being grateful, and I'm sure every listener out there has tried to stress this in their organization, we need to be more grateful. We need to be more, more mm-hmm. appreciative to our employees. Why do so many managers just not get this? So that's really where we began studying this process. And Marshall actually wrote the foreword to the book. And, and together, we really started interviewing a lot of leaders who've had this transformation, who've been slapped upside the head and said, hey, okay, I need to be better at this. So, so, so as an aside, the way to get leaders to share more gratitude is to slap them upside the head. Is that lesson number one? <laughs> I, think, I think it was more that of analogy. a metaphorical slap upside the head. <laughs> it's metaphor. Yeah, it's sort of like wake up. No, I, no, I, seriously, um, you know, I, I, I totally get what you're saying because I do a lot of work. Um, I'm not a consultant, but I, I'm a, I work in inside organizations, but we do a lot of work around the principles of positive employee relations, how to build up an engaged culture in your workplace and, you know, have your people be highly function, you know, highly engaged, highly functioning, highly contributing. And, um, it, it, seriously, like, I, and I, I didn't do a, I didn't do interviews or anything, but seriously, what I hear more and more often than probably than any other thing is, is exactly what you said, which is managers who are hired to, you know, to provide good performance and stuff and guide their people. And they say, well, why should I thank them? They get paid for what they do, you know? Yeah. And, and I, my personal belief, and I, I say this in every training I do related to leadership is that's, that's like 180 degrees, the wrong mindset. And in, in truth, the one unlimited bu- budget item that, that any manager in any company has is the ability to say thank you and recognize their people, you know, legitimately. You know, you don't just walk around praising people, you know, yeah. insincerely, right? But if you if you thank them, and that that nobody can ever take that away from you. You have as many millions of those as you want to as you want to dole out, and and yet it seems to your point, it seems like it's one of the last things people are willing to do. And I really don't, have never understood that. So I'd be fascinated to hear kind of what you think some of the causes of that are. Well, and, and you've covered a lot of those, Michael, just in, in, that, in that question, because, because you're right. We feel like as leaders that, first off, you know, people want way too much praise these days anyway. So, uh, look, I never, you know, I had a manager recently. I was, I was conducting a workshop with a large um, technology company, and one of the managers said, look, he says, when I was kind of coming up in the organization, he says, nobody told me I was doing a good job. He says, but when they did, now and then, he says, that meant a lot because it was rare. And, and I said, okay, well, what does everybody think about that? We opened it up, and, and immediately one of the, one of the women leaders in the, in the group said, you know, she says, Rod, if you treat people like that today, they're going to leave you. Uh, your programmers, your developers, she says, they're not going to stick around for a once-a-year thank you from you. Maybe if they get it, if they work really, really hard. She says, we're in a different world. You know, mm. the people who are growing up now or they're coming into the workplace who are, you know, Gen Z, millennials, they've grown up with more feedback, more recognition, more appreciation of their efforts than any generation in history. And we can't run things the way we've always done them. So there's a little of that. There's a little of the people want way too much praise these days. Another myth we found was the, the fear myth. Now, exactly zero managers think that they lead by fear, but a lot mm. do. They, they, they create these, this pressure in their organization. Look, if, 
if we don't perform, I can't exactly promise everybody will all have jobs next. You know, we, they create fear or they're insecure themselves. You know, it's the imposter syndrome, right? They're, they're afraid that if they're not the self-made man or woman, that, mm. that they won't be, uh, you know, seen as the, you know, as the hero figure. So there's a lot of reasons that managers, and we, we actually spend about the first third of the book getting into the psychology of why we all do this. And it's really fascinating. It's fun. It's interesting. And if you don't spot yourself in at least a few of these, then you're truly unique. You're, you're one of the all-time great leaders of gratitude then in that case. Um, sorry, I'm being, a little, I'm being a little sarcastic and facetious today, and I don't, I don't know why, so I'm going to stop that at this point. But it, it, some of these things are, they, they seem, they really seem like no-brainers. I mean, and I yeah. mean, that's, you know, I mean, that's, insurable. and yet your, your point is for a wide variety of reasons, emotional, psychological, and maybe even organizational, a lot of people choose not to lead this way. And, and, and so there's a, a big opportunity, I guess. And I think you guys, and you may have, you may have covered some of this already, but I think you guys described it as a gratitude gap. Uh, I was wondering if you could, unless, unless what you just said, it already covered that. Can you go into that a little deeper? What that is? Yeah. The, uh, the gap is that we all know this is important. I don't think there's a leader out there who doesn't recognize that, that we, we should be better at this. In fact, in our data, we've now surveyed more than a million employees over the years, as I mentioned. Um, we find about two-thirds of managers think they're above average in appreciating their, the great work of their people. Uh, when we ask employees, what, you know, is your manager above average? So 67% of managers think they're above average at this. 23% of employees agree, my manager is really good at this. And so that's a 44% perception gap. You know, you could drive a Mack truck through there. Mm. We're not yeah. as good as we think we are at this. Mm. And so there's the rub is that, you know, people listening, and I think the HR people listening kind of go, I, look, my, no, my managers aren't good at this. They need to be better. And yet they're trying to convince people who think they're great at this, and many of them. And, and or if they do do this, they end up doing it badly. You know, they end up becoming the great job manager. Hey, great job, great job. Everybody's doing great. Great, 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 great. And it's like, you don't even know what I'm doing, do you? No, no, you're just all great. Everybody's mm-hmm. great. <laughs> and, it's, and it's meaningless. So really right. that's where we spend this, you know, the, the last two-thirds of the book is, is helping managers and, and HR people help their managers actually know how to do this effectively and not just being the gratitude, you know, sprinkler, throwing out meaningless platitudes. Right, right. There's a there, you, you you don't want to be at either extreme of never doing it or doing it so much that nobody believes you actually mean it. Right. You want to be able to do it often enough that it matters and makes a difference, and yet not so much that people feel you're being insincere. And I guess that's another another big gap you might be able to drive something through. Um, you you mentioned under uh, under the gratitude gap the notes that I had. You you also talked about how you you know people you know there's a, and that they feel unappreciated, but then you then you go even further I think and say often under attack. Um, what, what does that kind of get get into? I mean, do you think managers are literally trying to drive people harder, or is it something different? Yeah, and and it's a great question because I don't think any manager, especially the ones we coach, I do a lot of executive coaching, and I don't think any of them really set out to be cruel to their people by any means. They're, They're just looking to achieve what they need to. They're busy. They don't have a lot of time for people development. They don't have a lot of time for, you know, the, in the quote marks, the soft stuff. And so they're really not looking to, and yet when we withhold our gratitude, 
that people do feel, in a way, they're under attack. And one of the most common uh, comments, we, qualitative comments we receive in our surveys is, my manager takes credit for my work, which is really interesting. So it's very easy to feel attacked if, you one, your ideas aren't listened to, or if they are listened to, my boss takes credit for those. It's, we feel under attack in various ways which aren't the old box with the stogie yelling at you to get that assignment in on time. No, there's very subtle ways in today's modern workplace that we do feel under attack, though. And that's why very specific gratitude that's tied to the core values of your team can really have a, an effect of, of lifting that, uh, that, that veil over people. Mm-hmm. One of the things that um, I ran across, I work in retail, and um, this goes back probably almost a decade, but we had a, a retail store where a manager had, we do a, you know, we do the annual employee opinion survey, right? So, And it's broken down by store results, and then within the store by the various departments, whether it's a deli or bakery or dairy or whatever, whatever those you have. And this one store had fantastic results in you know half the half the departments or even maybe two thirds of the departments and had then had terrible results in in the rest of the departments and it didn't make sense because it was you know it, it just it, it came out that way a couple times or over a couple of years and when we started delving into it why there was a big difference there was no there were no apparent issues you know based on the managers of each of those sub teams what it turned out to be was something as simple as the manager of the store walked the same pattern of the store like he started in the deli and he walked around. He had every department in the same order every day. And what happened was he was frequently disrupted along the route and never completed it. And so people in in the departments at the end of his route, you know, on the left-hand side of the store, if you will, never got thanked in the morning or greeted or said hello to, and they felt like he didn't like them for some reason. And then the simple solution to change it, because he wasn't really doing anything wrong other than not varying his pattern, was to do just that, ask him to walk the store in different ways several times a week, and his results jumped up. And it, so it, it's not just it's not just appreciation. It's it, in some cases it's attention, I guess. And, and um, yeah. I think those are some of the things that you guys mentioned as causes of you know trying to. The, leaders are unclear on what people want and the challenges they face and how much they look for that, even that those light touches of or little touches in the, in the work day. So anyway, that question is, you know, that's statement, I guess that's, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. No, that's really astute what you're saying, Michael, too, because, because we realized writing a book about gratitude. Yeah. You kind of, I get this after about 10 pages, you know, I got it. I got to be better at this. So what we dug into was really how you create this culture. And you're exactly mm-hmm. right. One of the first steps is to be able to, what we call it, walk in their shoes. What we find in our, in our data is that in the highest performing, highest engaged uh, teams, managers will typically spend about 75% of their time just doing what, exactly what you talk about, is walking among their people, you know, what challenges are you facing, what can I do to help, as well as just asking simple things. How was the weekend? Hey, did you catch the game last night? Just mm-hmm. simple little things of creating that connection. Because if we don't, people really will not open up to us. You know, one of the great leaders we studied, uh, his name is Carlos Aguilera, who just recently got promoted to uh, a senior leadership position at the Avis Budget Group. And what he did every day was started with 10 pennies in his right pocket. And when he recognized, when he saw somebody doing something that was furthering the organization's values, he moved a penny from his right pocket and put it in his left. And his goal was to, to move all the pennies by the end of the day. 
And, and so these simple little things, these little cues are the ways that great leaders really do create that culture where they really are watching for value being created and then appreciating it. You know, in the old world, in HR, we would talk about creating a recognition program. And that's a great. I mean, recognition programs are very good. Gratitude's a little bigger. Gratitude's actually, first and foremost, is about seeing the value that's being created. And you can't see it from your office, or you can't see it if you don't make the full loop. It really is about creating greater empathy, understanding where there are challenges, and where your people are breaking through. That's when recognition becomes a lot more powerful, is when there's gratitude that begins the process. Mm-hmm. So, so walk. So, you guys had you guys came up with eight, I guess, eight general principles. And, and let me let me do this. So, we're a little more than halfway finished. Uh, we're, we've got about thirteen minutes left. So, just for those that may have, be listening live, um, this is Michael Vandervoort, and we're talking today about leading with gratitude with uh, Adrian Gosnick, who is a, the co-author of a number of books around leadership and um, recognition with uh, with another author, uh, Chester Elton, who is supposed to be with us today, but uh, couldn't join us as, as as neither could my co-host Robin. So we're it's Michael and Adrian, and we're talking Leading with Gratitude. So thanks for listening in. Um, so where, where I was going to go with that last question before that little interlude, Adrian, was um, you guys identified, I believe, eight kind of eight general trends around leading with gratitude, and you just mentioned one of them, walking in your shoes. You want to touch on a couple of others. I, 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 one, I, one I think is uh, really important is assume positive intent, but you want to, you want to talk about a couple of the others uh, as we go through? Yeah. No, that's thanks. Yeah, one of the – because you're right. Uh, assume positive intent. It's very hard to be grateful if you are a manager who is always looking for the negative. And, you know, you've you're got the night for things that are going wrong. And, and as, as you know, it's very hard for employees to bring issues up and problems up in an environment of that kind of fear that's, that's being permeated. And one of the things we find that really is the beginning of gratitude is that you create this positive culture. We, one of the people we interviewed is Hubert Jolie, who is now the executive chairman of Best Buy, but for mm-hmm. many years was the CEO. And when Circuit City went out of business, he saved Best Buy. And Mm -hmm. a remarkable leader. And one of the things he says, he says, I may be the most naive leader on the planet, he says, but I assume that when people walk through our front door that they're trying to do a good job. And that mistakes Mm -hmm. happen. And and, and if I'm open to them, if I count them as as learning opportunities, then my people are going to be a lot more willing to share, hey, boss, I messed up. Here's what happened. They're going to share very quickly, and we can jump on that. And, And then what he tells them is, look, you have a problem, you are not the problem. Now, he says, of course, I'm going to be disappointed sometimes, but he says, I would rather start assuming that 99% of people are trying to accomplish something great and, and things went awry. Well, as you can see, this isn't just about gratitude. It's about creating a culture where gratitude will flourish because you are, you're creating this culture where, where, you're, where you're not looking for the negative every time something bad happens. You know, one of the simple things we say is, you know, pick up the phone. If somebody, if some, if something, you know, oh, oh my gosh, those guys in sales, you know what they've done? They've done this. And so that's mm-hmm. the immediate thing. We assume the worst, right? Well, mm-hmm. what we say is just look, go see them. Pick up the phone. If you can't see them, great. No, pick up the phone. Talk to them you know, face-to-face if possible. And nine times out of ten, we find out, well, actually, that wasn't our intent. This is what we were trying to accomplish. And there's just a lot that can happen 
if we if we're a little bit more positive in our and generous in our in our uh, assuming of people's intent. So yeah. we do a lot about how you how you see value that's being created in your team. Um, but, so first of all, great great pick on covering the leader from Best Buy. I'm familiar with the organization, and they they are one of the most intentional HR groups um, on doing on doing things the what I consider to be the right way. You know, under the umbrella of positive employee relations, they're one of the most intentional groups that I've I've come across in my 30 plus years. So I I, I can I can definitely I can see the the <laughs> why that became a fit into your book so well. Um, so, so another another idea is, you know, this this idea of leading with gratitude isn't about necessarily about like we hit a home run, right? It's like there are lots of opportunities to lead with gratitude. So, some of the things I think are yeah. like a point you made a second ago. Maybe expand on a little bit more. Don't look for look, you know, don't look for the end, right? You can do this all the way through the process. I think small wins and incremental improvement is, is something that you can boost. Um, if you if you initiate these kind of these kind of efforts uh, early on and stick to them throughout a throughout a project or throughout a work cycle, that's exactly right. You know, a lot of times bosses will say, "No, when we hit the sales goal, that's when we celebrate. I give everybody free shrimp and beer, and ah, they love that." You know, nobody gets to those. You typically get to those big goals unless there's celebrations along the way. Um, back in college, I, I had to do a, uh, you know, you have to do a phys ed uh, kind of half a credit. And so I picked bowling because I thought, well, it sounds kind of fun. I'd like to learn how to bowl. And so off I go to my first class and we're, we're chucking balls down toward the pins. And, you know, the professor, if you can call him that, the professor gathers his around. He says, okay, guys, slow down. He says, first off, first the rule of bowling is you never aim at the pins. You aim at those arrows. You know, they're about 10 feet away from you. He mm. says, you aim at the arrow. You figure out which arrow you're going to work toward. And he says, if you aim at the arrow, there's a very good chance your ball will hit the pin. You know, and the point is, don't have this long, you know, kind of goal that we'll recognize when we get there. You, you, you're grateful for every step in the process. And so, yeah, we talked to a lot of leaders. One was Ken Chenault, who just recently retired as the CEO of American Express. Again, a great culture, you know, very deliberate in their HR processes. And one of the things that Ken told us was that he says, you know, he says the small acts of gratitude along the way, he says, are like signposts. He says, if we take a trip, we're looking for those signposts, right? Oh, I mm -hmm. turn off to, you know, to this place. Oh, I, oh there's the old red uh, barn that I was supposed to be looking for. He says, we look for those signposts. They're, they're helping us understand that we're making progress. So that's what we teach great leaders, right, is that you've got to make sure you're recognizing and rewarding and being grateful much more frequently than you ever have before. That that totally makes sense. Um, not every individual responds the, the same way, right? So you can say thank you to one person and they'll, they'll perk up and, you know, you can see their body language change and others are probably going to be – you know, less responsive. How, how does a leader, you know, especially leaders who are struggling to even get started on doing something like this, how do they begin to develop these skills? And then how do they do that with, you know, the individual personalities in the workplace? I wonder if you have any tips around those, those kind of efforts. Yeah. And we do spend a whole chapter on tailoring recognition and motive and gratitude to the individual, because you're exactly right. What works for, for one person is not going to work for another. And yet that's exactly how we become in, in, as leaders. We feel like 
and this used to be how we would teach managers to lead. We would say, you treat everybody the same because that's fair. We found mm-hmm. out that's a terrible way to lead. Yeah, nobody is all, you know, we're not all the same. And we, we, we actually talk about motivators a lot in the book. You've got to figure out what drives people, what motivates them. Because when I was coming up in the organization, I was, my motivators are all about creativity. Um, autonomy is very high for me. Family is very high as a motivator for me. Yet Chester, my co-author, he's all about friendship and fun. And mm-hmm. So the ways that he wanted to be recognized, and for a little while in the corporate world, he was my boss for a while. He thought, well, everybody wants to be recognized like me. I'm going to invite him to a big banquet and the, you know, a nighttime banquet where he's going to meet lots of new people. And, you know, it's like that was the least, you know, appreciative kind of mm-hmm. thing that anybody could have done for me. I hated it, right. you know. And, that, and so it's like we, we tend to feel like everybody's like us, and we're not. And so we spend a lot of time as understanding the psychology of those people who work for you. Do they prefer public or private? Uh, are they going to be motiv- more motivated by your gratitude that's, you know, in my case, if you'd have given me an assignment to, to that I could be creative and work even harder for you, but in a, maybe an autonomous way that I could develop a new product or system, I would have walked through fire for, mm-hmm. for that leader. Where, where Chester, he wants a big party. You know, we're all just very different. And it's up to a manager. I know it takes a little time, but it's really powerful if they can go through this process. Yeah. I t- you know I had a, a I had a situation years ago and I was doing a lot of it, th- these were big work projects and they were hard work projects a lot of transition a lot of a lot of churn you know people leaving the organization people moving to from one location to another just just a ton of stuff that you know turns everything upside down right and one day I got off a plane and I picked up a voicemail and it was from the CEO of our company. Um, who I, I mean, I knew, you know, and spoke to occasionally, but definitely was, you know, several layers below their their layer of, of, in terms of reporting. And his name was Jim, and he said, "My, hey, Michael, I just wanted to drop you a note. This is Jim. Blah blah blah. I just want you to know, even though it may not ever feel like it, I am aware of how much you are doing for, you know, Company X, and." I appreciate it, and I just wanted to leave that, you know, leave that message for you. So sorry I missed you live, but hope, hopefully, you know, we can connect one of these days. And I, I, awesome. I just about melted, not because it was such a, you know, I mean, I mean, it was, you know, I saved that message, right? Because I, there were hard yeah. days, and you could go back and listen to that message, you know, and kind of remind yourself, you know, it, they may not show it every day, but they, you know, this guy went out of his way to to call me, you know, or whatever. And it meant a lot. And it, it meant a lot over a long period of time. Um, and I hadn't, I had actually not thought about it in a while, but I, I don't have the, I don't have the voicemail message anymore, but I probably kept it for about three years. So your point, oh, of, wow. you know, yeah, it was, it, it's powerful stuff if you use it right. Um, we have about three, just under three minutes left. So one last thing, um, talk, give us like 60 seconds on peer to peer gratitude rather than just from leaders, but, you know, across the, across the workplace. And then we'll, we'll end up with, you know, where people can find you and Chester in your book. Okay. Yeah. One of the things we find too, and then the great cultures we've studied, we, we did a lot of work back in the day with Zappos when Tony Shea was Mm -hmm. still very actively involved in running it. And um, one of the things he did, he had six recognition programs, gratitude kind of systems there. Five of those six were peer-to-peer. He expected people to reward and recognize each other because because that's 
who's seeing the great work that's happening typically on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the customer calls in who's angry, got the wrong order, and he might go take care of them. And, you know, turned an, an angry you know, customer into, a, into a, you know, somebody who's just now a raving fan. And so he expected his people to appreciate each other because they're, they know the things that really are matter most. You know, in their case, it was, you know, dependability and talent and, and, and doing those little things that could create a great customer experience. And so sometimes we kind of feel like, oh, this is all on the manager. It's one more thing to add to the manager. No, in fact, we should be creating these social recognition ways and giving people tools and systems that enable peer-to-peer uh, recognition and gratitude. Um, one, one, uh, one, one of the big four financial firms we worked with, they, they started this peer-to-peer recognition system. Uh, in the first few months, people sent each other 40,000 notes and, and cards. And, and what they found is there was just this backlog of thanks. And they just didn't have any way to express it. But once they did, they started. And I know many of your, many of your listeners have tried these kinds of ideas. But, but we list in the book a lot of the ideas that sort of things that will work and things that won't work that are very powerful if you do this right. So I think mm-hmm. it's a great idea to get, get peers involved. Okay, real quick, 45 seconds. Tell us where, where, where people can find you or Chester and the book. Well, Leading with Gratitude is available wherever fine books are sold. And <laughs> we do have a website, leadingwithgratitudebook.com. And on there, if you, if you buy uh, a copy actually this week, we, you actually can get a free um, motivators assessment code. This will help you understand what your motivators are or your employees' motivators. And it spits out, this is created by psychologists, and it, it spits out really what your motivators are. It's a great way to, to really personalize gratitude for those people who are in your care. Awesome. Listen, Adrian, uh, 10 seconds left. So thanks very much for coming on today. I know it's a busy day. Congratulations on the book launch, and good luck, all right? Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. Take care. This, this is that's it for drive through today. We'll be back next week. Thanks, Al. Bye.